0: Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful, valid Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in a thrilling adventure, Murder Will Out. The Green Hornet strikes again. Before we begin our Green Hornet adventure, I want to remind you that our fighting forces will soon be starting down the highways that lead to Berlin and Tokyo. To make this journey a success, they're going to need more ships, planes, guns, ammunition, and every other conceivable kind of war material. It's our job on the home front to see that all of this equipment is in the hands of these men when they want it. The men on the battlefields and on the high seas are staking their lives on the jobs done by you war workers. They're calling for more and more equipment. Let's show them that we hear and heed that call. And now, the Green Hornet. Gregory Stewart, retired diplomat, was a strong-willed and determined man. Not only in his reactions to national affairs, but also in handling his only son, Donald, whose playboy tactics had long found disfavor in his father's eyes. On a certain afternoon, Donald, his face flushed and his hands clenched in restrained anger, faced his father in the library of the Stewart home.
2: Regardless of what you say, Dad, I intend not only to continue to see Hazel Darnell, but to ask you to marry me. I'm over 21. You can't run my life for me. I won't let you. And that's final. old... Stop me. it! Stop it! How dare
3: you stand there and talk that way to me?
2: Because you're unreasonable, that's why. Unreasonable?
3: Why, you insolent young pup. You expect me to stand by and see you disgrace the name of Stewart by marrying that scheming showgirl? Look at that. And there's in this. So what? Notorious publicity for a name that has stood high in the eyes of the nation for many years, that's what. Read that. Prominent young playboy Donald Stewart... Rumor to be engaged to chorus girl.
2: Have you no pride at all? Sure. And believe me, Hazel's something to be proud of. See, there's her picture. Uh,
3: frizzy-headed blonde. I'm warning you, Donald. You'll have to end this affair at
2: once. This affair, as you call it, is a serious matter to me. I love that girl. There's nothing to be done about it. We'll see about that, my boy. Listen, Dad. You were abroad when the war started. You saw a lot of things happen. Now, since the Jap atrocity stories have come out... You feel it's your duty to give a series of lectures on what the Germans did. How inhuman they
3: were. That has nothing to do with the matter we In yet. a way it
2: has. You yell about dictators, about the lack of freedom for other people. But when it comes to me, your own son, you act just like one. I can't do this, I can't do that. It's for your own good. You're impulsive and stubborn. You need a restraining hand. I'll be called for service before long. I'll have plenty of restraint then. We'll try to
3: get you commissioned before that
2: happens. No, I'll go in just like anybody else. It's your constant fixing of things in my life... that caused me to become what the papers call a playboy. As far as Hazel's concerned, it's all settled. So let's stop talking about it. Is that so? Well, let me tell you, young man. So long, Dad. You're wasting your time. Donald, come back here. Donald! Oh, that young whippersnapper.
3: Since he won't listen to reason... I'll have to take other measures to bring this affair to an end. Ah, that frizzy-headed, blonde, my daughter-in-law. Never... Pardon,
4: monsieur. Your son wishes me to say that he will not be home for dinner tonight.
3: Very well, Jules. And say. Oui, monsieur. I want you to find the telephone number of that. that Hazel Darnell. Call her and tell her I want to see her. Oui, monsieur. She is at the Marquette Theater. Tell her to come over here sometime tonight. I'll show that pig headed son of mine that she's not his sort. Very well, monsieur. I will call her. Where's my secretary?
4: Monsieur Gordon went to post the mail, sir.
3: Oh, yes. Yes, of course. You'll see that I'm not disturbed the rest of the afternoon. I want to go over my lectures and correct the manuscripts for release to the Daily Sentinel. I will do my best. And now go telephone Miss Darnell. I'm very anxious to tell her what I really think of her.
1: In the meantime, Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel newspaper was in his office talking to Michael Axford, one of his reporters. I called you in, Axford, because I want you to do something
0: for me this afternoon. Sure. What is it, Reed? Go to the home of Gregory Stewart on Lake Boulevard and see if he's ready to release copies of the talks he's going to make. I've signed him to an exclusive agreement for our paper to run the articles in the city here before he makes his nationwide tour. Say, isn't that the father of young Stewart who's running around with that actress? The playboy whose picture's in the Sentinel today? Yes. As a matter of fact, I've seen young Donald Stewart around in some of the nightclub seems to be a nice young chap. According to the Clarion story, the girl must be a gold digger from the I don't know much about the girl, except that she's really understudied of the leading lady. Sure, and that goes to show you can't believe all you read, even in your own paper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you'll find the Sentinel gave them a better break than the other papers, Axel. you better get going. I'd like to get the copy for his series of articles as soon as possible. I'd get over the right array, Reed.
5: That stuff ought to make hot reading coming right on top of the Jap atrocity series. And from what I hear, Mr. Stewart is one guy who really knows what he's talking about. The Nazis will be sorry they
0: let him come back. Until those stories of his are in print and he started his tour, anything can happen. So do what you can to get that copy this afternoon.
3: And the Germans came to Warsaw before we diplomats had a chance to move out. Diplomatic immunity gave me the opportunity to observe at first hand the inhuman treatment.
2: Pardon me, Mr. Stewart. There's a newspaper man from the Daily Sentinel here.
3: Gordon, you're my secretary. You handle that. Well, you are out, I told Jules I didn't want to be disturbed. Oh, but, sir,
0: this man is insistent. After what was in the papers today, I thought it better if you saw him personally. All right, all right. Show him in. Very well, sir. And
3: by the way, I told Jules to make a phone call to that darn little girl. Make sure he didn't forget it. Uh, Mr. Stewart, I was wondering... Well, what is it, is Gordon? Speak up. Since you're
0: busy with your talks, would it inconvenience you if I were to leave for the balance of the day? If you finish those
3: letters, go ahead. Tell Jules to bring that newspaper man in here. Yes, sir. And thank you. Probably about Donald. All right, Jules, Pegan. that boy for two pins, I Is Monsieur
5: Axford from the Sentinel. Hello, Mr. Stewart. Thanks for seeing me.
3: I have a chair, Mr. Axford. That'll be all Jules. Oui, monsieur.
5: Huh. Farner, isn't he?
3: my french houseman what brings you here
5: i came to pick up the copy for your articles
3: well you'll have to come back tomorrow i'm going over the articles now well mr reed's anxious to get the series started well, so am i but i want the facts to be correct and the presentation forceful
5: yeah.
3: what was that noise oh the automatic shut off on the home recording machine
5: oh one of them things eh yes
3: i play it back and study the effect of my talks i forgot to shut it off when you came in
5: well, sorry to have interrupted you mr stewart I'll tell Mr. E what you said about getting the stuff tomorrow. I'll come back then.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Axford. They'll be ready for you.
1: That night in her dressing room backstage, Hazel Darnell was talking to one of the other girls as she hurriedly changed into street clothes.
2: I hope I have time to make it over there and back before the finale. What time is it now? A mm, Quarter to ten. Hey, Hazel, what
4: does your boyfriend think of his father wanting you to come over?
2: I didn't tell Don. He'd be furious, of course. I want to get back to the finale and meet Don after the show.
4: <laughs> Sorry, you ought to have told that butler or whoever it was called you to tell the old man to jump in the lake.
2: No. Frankly, Mary, I'm as anxious to see him as he is to see me. I have to face things sometimes. Might as well
4: be right now. He probably intends to buy you off if he can.
2: Mary, if he offered to do such a thing, I'd. Well, I'd feel like murdering him on the spot. I don't want his money. All I want is to be with Don. Well, you
4: better get on out of here. He won't make it back
2: in time. I'm on my way right now. Keep your fingers crossed, Mary. I think I'll be needing a little luck. jules
4: going out oui monsieur donald i was just about to open the door when you came in i'm going for a walk Is dad still in the library oui he has been making and listening to records of his talks
2: most of the evening i hate to interrupt him but i'm still not satisfied with the outcome of our talk this afternoon
4: this will really be the showdown jules i sympathize with you monsieur your father
2: is a strict man well i'm going in there and take the starch out of him this is one time he's not going to stand in my way i'll see you later jules i have to hurry have a date after the show with my fiancée. Good
4: night, monsieur.
5: Night. Well, Sergeant Burke, this sure has been a dull evening here at
6: Cobb's headquarters. I should have gone home long ago. It is well after midnight. Dollars is Iceford. Sure, in the way you talk, you'd think this city was a wild west town. You're always expecting things to be happening. Well, now, if nothing ever happened, there'd be no need for newspapers. Sure, and then we wouldn't have to put up with the likes of you around here all the time. Is that so, now? Yes, that's so. Hello, police headquarters. What's that? Say, now, take it easy and don't talk so fast. Say that again. You're who? What's that? When? Where are you calling from? Well, stay right there till we get there. We'll be right over. What's up, Sad? Twenty. come on, Axford. I'm taking the homicide squad. Mr. Gregory Stewart has been murdered.
1: Next morning at the Daily Sentinel, Britt Reed was discussing the events of the preceding night with Axford.
0: Well, we got a scoop on that Stewart murder, all right, but it certainly was a shock to me, Axford. Sure, it was a shock to everybody, Reed. You're going to get made a good story out of it. Say, so you went out there with the police. How did that French houseman act?
4: Well,
5: I rode out with the sergeant of the boys. We were let in by the Frenchman. We all went right to the library. That's where it happened. Stewart was shot, but there was no sign of a gun around.
6: Sarge immediately started to question the houseman. All right, now, pull yourself together and answer a few questions. When did you find him? About
4: 12.30, monsieur. I came to see if he had finished with his speeches. Who else is in the house? No one. I had just come in. I had been out.
6: Did Mr. Stewart have any callers that you know of? He had an
4: appointment to see that Mademoiselle Darnell. He told me he would let her in when she arrived. I see. Anybody else? Monsieur Donald, his son, returned home just as I was leaving. They had quarreled this afternoon.
6: What happened when the son came in tonight? I do
4: not know, Monsieur. I left at that time, but he. Well, go on. He what? He said he was going in to have a, a showdown with his father. He said this time he's not going to stand in my way.
6: What were they fighting about, anyway?
4: About Monsieur Donald's association with Mademoiselle Darnell.
6: So that's it, eh? Cassidy sent a couple of men out to pick up this Darnell girl and young Stewart. Since both of them are here tonight at different times, looks like one of them might know a lot about this murder. Haven't taken in for questioning. So they
0: picked up the girl and young Stewart. I see. So we're in a tough spot, then.
6: Sure. The cops
5: grilled for hours, but they both swear that the old man was alive when each of them left.
0: How about that other girl? I see, where she made a statement concerning something Miss Darnell said just before she left to keep the appointment? Yeah.
5: One of the girls at the theater, Mary somebody, told that Hazel Darnell said something about she'd murder old Stuart if he tried to buy her off from going with his son. Sarge says maybe the two of them were in cahoots on the killing. Huh. Well,
0: that's bad, all right. According to our story, young Stewart's lawyer bailed
5: them both out. Yeah, but there'll be an indictment out for one or both of them before morning, I'm thinking. The cops are still looking for the gun. Yeah, sure it's funny. And me talking to the old man only yesterday. Now,
0: Gunnigan told me you didn't get anything out of him.
5: That's right. He was to have the copy ready for us today. He was reading the stuff into one of them recording things when I got there. A the secretary of his, a guy named Gordon, didn't want to interrupt the old man at first.
0: And hey, what about that secretary? Was he there last
5: night? Oh, he came in after we got there had an alibi. He was off all afternoon and went to a late movie. The Frenchy had an alibi, too. Walked for a while, then sat in a cafe until after midnight. Sarge checked on both of them. I see. That left Mr. Stewart all alone in the house. Part of the time, I guess. But Frenchy said he wanted to be alone. He was making more of them records so he could hear himself talk back at himself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, keep me posted if anything new develops at headquarters, Axford. It's a very interesting case... Very
1: interesting. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a minute. But perhaps some of you car owners are wondering why you aren't able to get as much gasoline as you're entitled to. The reason is the black market. It has been estimated that some two and one half million gallons a day are lost... Because of illegal operations. There's just one simple rule to follow to stamp out the black market never buy gasoline without surrendering one of your own pro- properly endorsed coupons. If you really want gasoline, comply with rationing. Otherwise, a few will have plenty while the rest of us have none. And now, back to the Green Hornet. <laughs> That evening, in his apartment, Britt Reed was talking to his faithful Filipino valet, Cato, the only person who knew his identity as the Green Hornet. And that Stewart murders developed into a very puzzling case, Cato.
2: You think girl or son commit murder, Mr. Britt? Well,
0: they both had motives and they both made threats before they went to see Mr. Stewart.
2: French houseman there when police arrived.
0: Yes, but the coroner reported Stewart had been dead at least an hour, maybe longer, and the houseman got in at 12.30. He was in a cafe until midnight.
2: Perhaps murderer leaves some clue police overlook.
0: Maybe so. If either of those young people did the killing, he or she deserves punishment. But if they're both innocent, as they claim, I'd like to help them prove it.
2: I have idea you like to have Green Hornet look into the matter, Mr. Britt.
0: I have the same idea, Cato. We'll take the Black Beauty and run over to Stewart's place. The Green Hornet's going to have a look around the room in which they found the body of Mr. Stewart's.
1: Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, superpowered black beauty. Streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. In the Stewart home, Cassidy, the police guard, left his post in the entrance hall and went into the kitchen for coffee. Jules, who had waited for the opportunity, quickly crossed the hall and, with flashlight in hand, quietly entered the library, closing the door after him.
4: I must work fast. I must be sure to get all of them. It would not do for them to fall into the wrong hands. Right. A figure outside the window. Yeah. Good thing I have this gun in my pocket. I will hide and survive, Monsieur Intruder. Uh, yep.
0: uh, let's see. I have to use my flashlight. Yeah, over there. Now if I can find what I hope to find... Is there a gun in your back, Monsieur? Raise your hands and keep quiet. So, you're looking for something, too, huh? Perhaps we came for the same thing, monsieur. But I got here first, you see. Evidently, you're afraid of being heard. If I should call Can out, you I... Don't
4: forget the gun, monsieur.
0: Turn around. Okay, Frenchy. A masked man. Take that light out of my eyes. Yeah, I know it a little. Monsieur Green Hornet. Mm, I see you know me. Who doesn't know the ace of criminals? That is why you do not dare to call out... The police slung for your capture, mon ami. I came here for something. I intend to get it. And I am here to prevent you. I will really use this gun if you try. Frenchie, did you ever see a kickoff? Kickoff? Yes, in football. Like this? Those oh. soldiers learned that too. For oh, that trick, I'll... Uh, now to get what I came after and clear out fast. If he was recording when the murder took place, I may get a real clue. Good. Maybe I've really got something.
6: What's going on in here? Where's the blooming
1: light switch? Who's
6: that? Speak up. Oh, there's
1: the light switch. Hey, okay, what is this? Oh. oh. so it's you, is it? What are you doing in here? A uh, gun on the floor, huh? Get up, you. I
4: heard a noise in
1: here, monsieur.
4: I came in to investigate. It was a green hornet. The
1: green hornet? Now, wait a minute, you. Don't hand me that stuff. My way of thinking, you came in here snooping around to get your gun back and fell over something. Come on. I'm calling the squad car to take you to headquarters. Maybe you're the murderer. Meanwhile, Britt Reed, for reasons of his own, directed Cato to drive back to his apartment. After spending a short time there, they were soon speeding in the Black Beauty on a return visit to the Stewart home. Okay, to my hunch proof correct. We found evidence it'll
0: convict the murder. Why do we go back to Stuart house, Mr. Brick? Because the killer is there. Perhaps more police there also. Yes, I think you're right. That guard probably called headquarters. We haven't been gone long, and they're likely to be there drilling that Frenchie right now. I hope they aren't in the library. You must be very careful this time, Mr. Brick. I'll be on guard. Keep the Black Beauty out of sight in the back and keep the lights out. There'll be a squad car in front of the house if they're there, and I certainly hope they are.
6: So you were sneaking around in that library, were you? But, monsieur, if you will let me explain... You'll do plenty of explaining, all right. Cassidy, bring those other two into the hall here.
3: Okay, Sarge. Hey, you two, come out here in the hall.
6: Say, Sergeant Burke, do you really think that Frenchy did it in the old man? That ain't for me to say yet, Axford. He was acting mighty suspicious, and Cassidy found that gun on the floor by him. Is it the murder gun? How do I know? The ballistic expert will find that out. Here they are,
2: Sarge. Haven't I been questioned enough, Sergeant?
6: Now, take it easy, son. From the looks of things, you ain't having much to worry about. Why don't you take Jules to police headquarters and be done with it? His actions a while ago proved he had at least something to do with the murder. I'm running this show, Mr. Gordon. I'll do things my way. Now, Jules, where was it in the library you had that gun hidden? We searched there last night. I took that gun in with me just a while ago, monsieur. Then what were you after in there? Please,
4: monsieur, I would rather not say. Unless I can speak to you in private. What
6: is this? Some sort of a trick? Them foreigners
4: are tricky, Sarge. Better not let them pull a
5: fast one on you. Shut up, Axford.
6: All right, Frenchy, I'll give you five minutes of my time. Cassidy, have Stuart and Gordon go back in the library while I talk to this guy here.
1: All right, you two. You heard what the sergeant said. I'm getting tired of being herded about like cattle. Well, go in and rest yourself then. I'll be right outside the door here.
6: Okay, Jules, start talking. You can talk in front of these men, and what you have to say better be good.
1: As young Stewart and Gordon went into the library, Britt Reid approached the window of that room. He carefully and silently raised the window and pulled himself over the sill. The two men inside had their backs to the window and were talking. There's no doubt in my mind, Donald, that Jules killed your father. But what about his alibi? Now that the police have reason to
0: suspect him, they'll probably find a hole in that. I can't believe Jules would do such a thing. Don't be a fool. I notice he hasn't wasted any sympathy on you since they had you under suspicion. Well... Don't suppose the police will object if I get some of your father's things together.
3: Might as well be doing something.
2: I'll start with the stuff in that cabinet. Stay away from that cabinet,
0: you. What uh, A mask
2: man. You, you must be the Green Hornet. Jules said you came here before. I'll
0: take what's in that cabinet. Oh, no, no, you won't. Shut no.
3: Yes.
2: Gordon. You sneak. You can't come here like this. I'll show I you. I hate to do this, fellow, but... oh,
0: Now to pull the trump card... They heard the commotion. i got to get out quick. What's
6: going on here? Which guy went out to window? Either the one, Sarge. Look on the floor. Hey, there's two fellas lying there on the, the floor. The conditions, Qu- as I have What's stated, them have not the been holograms. exaggerated. That's Stewart's voice,
3: Dad, I saw these atrocities my own eyes. Now, uh, wait. The Nazis didn't stop Very well done, Mr.
6: Stewart. That's Gordon's voice. What interrupting I
3: thought you were out for the evening. I knew you'd be alone. I slipped away from the... Listen friends to that, Sarge. Quiet. You. Go away, you bother me. I came to tell you that you'll never make those talks. A Glory be. What's the meaning of this? Have you gone out of your mind? Keeping you from slurring my country. Germany. You.
6: Nazi. Get out. This is my answer. Gordon's the killer. No, you will not. I can't believe my ears. Get the handcuffs on him. Then Jules
5: was speaking the truth when he said he came in... to get the written copies of the talks... so they wouldn't get in the wrong hands.
6: Sure, he knew how careful the old man was of them papers. And to think this guy on the floor was a Nazi working for Stuart all the time. He didn't even have an accent, Sarge. They sent spies over here, Axford, that can speak and act like us Americans. He sure succeeded in keeping Stuart from telling folks about what the Germans did. Germany couldn't keep a diplomat from coming back. But Gordon was planted to see that he didn't talk. Well, if the young guy's willing, we'll print the whole story in the Daily Sentinel. Oh. Hey, look, he's coming too. Boy, what a sock I took. So that killer hit you when you found that record and put it on, eh? But what would you do to him? He's
2: still out cold. You kidding, Sergeant? He was gassed by the Green Hornet, who knocked me out. The Green Hornet? Where is he? Give me that gun, Sergeant, quick.
6: <laughs> Take it easy, expert. He ain't hiding behind any of the chairs. Donald, you and your lady friend are in the clear. That guy Gordon is the murderer. We got the goods on him.
2: Gordon? I never did like that guy. Gee, Sergeant, I don't know how you did it, but you sure took a load off my mind by catching him. But I'll meet Hazel
6: tonight. Sure, I know, son. I'm sorry about your dad, but I know you and your little lady will find happy days ahead. Don't thank me, Twas that record over there did the trick. Record?
5: Sure, you know, the ones your father was making last night. It recorded the whole business when Gordon interrupted him. Oh, who found the record? Sure, I think the harness was in cahoots with that mug there. They found out the record was on the photograph. The Hornet tried to grab it off and accidentally set the machine going when we scared him away.
6: If we'd gotten here in a minute or two sooner, we could caught the Spalpeen (laughs) red-handed.
5: If you'd have got in here sooner, Sarge, you'd probably be lying right there beside
6: that murderer. (laughs) Axford, if the Green Hornet ever stuck that gas gun into his and your face, he wouldn't have to pull the trigger. He'd faint from sheer fright.
4: Oh, great
5: St.
6: Patrick, the Green Hornet himself. He
5: must have been looking in the window at us all the time i we stand it right near it. I, I think I need a little water, Sarge, I, I do feel a little faint.
1: Receiving letters from home is about the most important item in the lives of our boys overseas. For this reason, we should see that our letters get there just as fast as possible. The safest and fastest method of communication with the boys who've gone across is the V-Mail service. It always goes by air and it's always delivered. V-Mail has priority over all other types of personal mail... And every important Army and Navy installation the world over has V-mail equipment. And here's another important item to remember. Be sure that all of your overseas mail is properly and completely addressed. Be sure to listen to the Green Hornet at this same time next week. Copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.